0: Welcome to the Nuggets, Inc. podcast, presented by Nobody. I'm your host, Matt Schubert, going to be joined once again by Mike Singer, Denver Post NBA beat writer. It's trade deadline time. We got plenty of news to talk about. Bones Highland on the trading block. Who can the Nuggets get back? Who are they looking for? Maybe a old friend comes back to town? All that and more coming up next. Beautiful day outside. We got two pups running around here. One of them might be a little horny. (laughs) It's the trade deadline. Bones Highland might be on the block, is on the block. He's he's not even playing right now. The Nuggets are in first place. Mike Singer, how are you?
1: I don't know that I've ever heard a more interesting, curious... (laughs) Introduction in in all my years, uh, nice one.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Nice one, Maddie. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, we're just we're going to jump right into it here. Bones Island is the topic du jour. He how many games has he not played now in a row? Where are we at? Is it like three?
1: Uh, I think it's it's three or four.
0: Three or four? Yeah. Didn't play when there was four starters out against Minnesota on Sunday, um, and seemingly is on his way out of town it feels like however maybe there's a future where that he's back here in denver he's still here with the nuggets what are you hearing
1: right now matt to your point uh it was obviously a pretty interesting referendum this past Sunday, second night of a back-to-back. The team flies overnight from Denver to Minnesota. Four guys do not even make the trip. Joker, Jamal, AG and KCP. They're not playing. And yet Bones Highland can't get off the bench. Um, You know,
0: hard to think of a scenario where he could get off the bench if he's not getting off the bench in that situation.
1: Right. But you know, there's, there's a lot of factors. It's like, obviously um, they need to maintain his health. They can't afford for Bones Highland to get hurt and uh, potentially jeopardize a deal. Um, On the flip side, is there a world where you can showcase and engender some goodwill and buy, buy, buy a little bit
0: of momentum? Right. That's the one thing that comes to mind to me is when you're trying to trade a guy, aren't you trying to raise the value of the player that you're trading? That's one thing that...
1: Honestly, I'm a little uncomfortable with, with how the Bones thing has shaken out the past 2 weeks. It's gotten really noisy around Bones, and I don't really think it's justified the amount of noise. I've had other, I'm, I'm just being completely f- frank here. I've had other teams call me and ask about, you know, is he does he like make waves in the locker room? Is he difficult? And I'm like, "No." This dude is a really good kid who's a second year guard who, you know, who, who walked off the bench publicly, made a mistake. Cool. Who among us as a as a young 20 year old didn't make a dumb mistake that we regret? And I majored
0: in journalism. I mean,
1: yes, uh, that, that no, was a life no choice. bigger, no bigger indictment than that, Matt. Um, so. You know, I, I just, I, I think that it's it's almost skewed a little bit so far in the noise direction that, um, and I don't think it's warranted. And so if a team were to come to the Nuggets right now, I frankly think that they're buying low on Bones. I mean, this dude has two and a half years left like we... You know, outlined last podcast and has a ton of upside. He is super, super talented. And to your question, yes, there is a world where Bones returns. The Nuggets are not giving Bones Highland away for nothing. This is by no means a fire sale. They are they are operating from a a point of um, leverage in that they are in first place in the West. They don't need to make a move. This is a move that you can conceivably add on the margins. I wrote today. You have. Seven guys in the playoff rotation. If the playoffs started tomorrow, the starters: Bruce Brown and Christian Brown. Beyond that, I think that you can we can have and I and maybe we should have spirited debates about whether these. You wh- don't think
0: and, Jeff Green is in that situation?
1: I said seven. I think there are seven guys. You don't
0: think Vlatko Chanchar is in that?
1: We can, if we want to go down that road, we can have that debate. Um, but Zeke I think Nagy. I think there are seven guys right now that you trust. And is there a world where you can turn Bones, Jeff, Zeke, Najee, Vlatko, and Davon Reed? into either an eighth or ninth player, or is that eighth or ninth player within those five guys that I just mentioned, um, who are on the fringe of the rotation. That's what I think the Nuggets are asking themselves right now. Um, I know for a fact that they, their goal is to return a, a, a rotation player who can impact the team in the playoffs. That is the goal. Um, the trade deadline is tomorrow afternoon, Thursday. I, I promise you, they are working diligently to find that. Um, and like I said, there's a world where he returns, but at the same time, like I think that you know, I, I don't think that anything that Bones has done. I've watched his interaction so closely these past few games. He is up on the bench, celebrating his guys and promoting his guys and flexing and hyping up his guys. Flexing is a hundred sixty-five pound frame. You know, and, high, and, and and showing love to guys. And, 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 you know, our, our photographer, Aaron Ontivera, pointed out to me that Jamal Murray had his arm around Bowens Highland yesterday on the bench. Those two are fine. Like, there is nothing that is too far gone. So, I just, you know, I just want to emphasize that the Nuggets are not getting rid of this dude because he is a quote-unquote problem. They are conceivably trading him because there is a benefit to the team in the aggregate.
0: You, you you just talked about this, and I just want to go back to it real quick. You're, you're talking about trading this guy after he's been benched. There's rumors being floated around about what's going on with him and the team. In what scenario do you get a player back that makes the value worth it? Because you're giving up a player whose ceiling conceivably is, Six man of the year discussion. Right. 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 So that's that's not nothing. Right. Th- that's a real player. And if you trade him and then two years from now he's in that discussion. The guy you're getting back, he's probably not gonna be that. So how much of But if win you win now, a championship.
1: But if you win a championship, can you stomach
0: that? But do you really think it's one player away? To me it's like they've they've got a, a championship roster already. Right. They are, they, the roster that's there can
1: win a championship. Which is why they're operating from a position of leverage. And it's so interesting because last night, Michael Porter Jr. is talking about Bones Highland. He goes, that dude is going to be a star. Yes, Porter is close with Bones. They you know share similar confidence they're close in age they play well together all of those things but he's like that dude's going to be a star and then totally unsolicited brings up guys like jared vanderbilt malik beasley and jeremy grant almost as if he's listening to the podcast and enjoys the phrase post malone
0: yeah what do those guys all have in common
1: yes great question so um you know they've all been exiled <laughs> And uh, to Malone to, to Island, the, yeah, to the island of Post Malone. So, um, I mean, you you always trust what players say, and like when Michael Porter is is saying like he's that Bones' talent is eye opening. Like I listen. I'm like, okay, he has a respect for him as a three point shooter, as a three point gunner, the confidence as a sniper, the range, all of those things. And um, there is a world where Bones becomes you know, a quasi star, but I think what has happened the past two weeks compared to a month or two ago before people started, you know, even knew that bones was quote unquote on the trading block or even available is that people have teams have started asking themselves honestly and, and having to audit his game because two months ago, they're probably like, yeah, I mean, bones is an exciting player, intriguing player, and there's no world where I can see the nuggets getting rid of him, Right. But now that it's, you know, been widely reported that he's, you know, available and that they are, you know, considering trading him, teams are having to ask themselves, honestly, what type of player is Bones and how does he impact winning? And so what I think has happened is that the veil is kind of up and it's like, you know, it's, it's neither for better or for worse, but this is who you are as a player. And this is, you know, what the league thinks of you that, I mean, these are always truth telling moments. These are referendums on players. Um, you know, why, why has D'Angelo Russell had a hard time getting moved? Why has Russell Westbrook constantly been, you know, at the, at the core of trade talks because he's not a perfect player. Oh, like, well, and he has a massive contract. Uh, there's a lot of things, but I mean, I'm just citing an example. Like, it's it's always interesting when you when when the, the league makes decisions on guys, or, the, or or when teams start to really you know dig into who a player is. And like, I I mean, you know, I've actually told other teams I think you're at this point probably buying low. Um, on Bones, again, because the last two weeks have been so noisy. And I think that he has a ton, a ton of value. Um, And if he were to stay in Denver, I think that he would probably help them at times in in almost unforeseen ways, which would in itself be fascinating, Um, because everybody would have to reconcile with with what's been an uncomfortable situation. But Matt, I reported this morning um, that the Toronto Raptors uh, have registered some level of interest in bones. Um, and you know the two other teams that I've heard, which other other outlets had already reported, are, are Minnesota and New Orleans. So I, I don't think, and that's just what I've heard of. I, I don't think that they're devoid of options heading into tomorrow. And one thing that always happens in the trade deadline is you need the big pillars to fall. Nobody was banking on the Kyrie stuff to happen. Cool, that that came and went within you know forty eight hours. The 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 big pillars that people are waiting on are what's going on in Toronto with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. And what is Masai Ujiri going to do in terms of blowing up that team, recouping a bunch of draft assets. Um, And I promise you teams in the West are eyeing Memphis, are eyeing new Orleans teams with a ton of picks, eyeing Phoenix. What's going to happen there and what direction does Toronto go? And after Toronto makes picks a lane then i think kind of the 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 dust will settle on the the
0: transactions on, on like the bones caliber stuff yep so just to be clear you're not saying that they would send them to Toronto because it seems like the people that they're thinking about moving are all high-salary players that they would have to move multiple contracts and also take on salary.
1: No, from. no, that's not what I'm, I'm... not saying that the You know, I, the, I'm not saying that the Nuggets are involved in any fireworks. I don't think that there is going to be... You just said they have a championship roster, and right. I think the Nuggets believe that. Any move is going to be on the margins involving, you know, fringe rotation guys, you know, Bones-ish conceivably Zeke, conceivably Jeff Green, those type of guys. I don't think that, that the seven guys who are on the right side of the playoff rotation, I don't think they're getting touched. And I will lump Peyton Watson into that mix because, I I mean, I've said this before, Peyton Watson has so much upside um, and they are very, very high on him.
0: And, and they wouldn't move him as a carrot to say make a deal happen you don't think that would no not at this his salary does not matter in this situation no so a team is
1: just buying on his potential and in what world are the nuggets let's make something clear the nuggets should be interested in cheap young talent the bones thing is an outlier for you know reasons that we've covered and he's and he should in theory why does it why is it so rare that a second year guy gets traded something has to go awry and right. and and something doesn't have to align cool the nuggets need to be interested in 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 cheap young talent because they're already in the luxury luxury tax um joker's under contract for four or five more years like the core is at least together for another two seasons after this so like they're in first place in the west right now 37 and 17 get used to this there are two more two plus more seasons at least of this level of competition and this level of success so they need to be prudent with the decisions that they
0: make these high blue chip guys i don't think they're going anywhere they have a trade exemption uh, for exception, ex- excuse me, exception uh, for, was it 9.5 million? A little bit less, 9.1, 9.1 million. Um, with that in mind, would they take on salary? I don't think so. Cause they're already luxury taxpayers. Correctly? Right.
1: I don't think that they are int- like, obviously no team's trying to take on more salary. I don't think that it's a non-starter. If, if, if there was a player that, you know, took them from conference finals to uh, championship level, you know, I don't think that that's a non-starter, but this is obviously they are not interested in, in taking on more money. Um, bones' salary is two point two million. So that that says to
0: me, sorry to interrupt. All good. Um, that somebody else is going to have to go with bones because you're not getting back two point two million for a player that's going to move the needle.
1: I mean, if if the player is under nine point one million, which there are plenty of contributing players under nine point one million, you can fit that player into the exception. Well,
0: yeah, but. You're gonna have to take on salary. Correct.
1: You would have to take on salary, or you would lump an ish in
0: in that deal. That's what I mean. Yes, is that you? You're gonna have to move a second player in order to make the money work. Y-
1: no, I'm not. It's not a mandate. It's not a mandate that you like. Yes, they don't want to take back money, but theoretically, there you don't you don't under the cap, you don't need to um, send out ish to make it work. Right. The exception will right. work.
0: Right. It's just. Are the Kronkies gonna? That fiscally, fiscally, <laughs> yes. are
1: we are we fiscal fans of this trade? It's not my money, <laughs> it's not you know. my money. Um,
0: but but the way I understand the luxury tax is essentially you're paying the salary times like 1.75 or something like that.
1: Uh, it goes up, it, it goes up you know after each right x amount of million, There's so increments, yes. Um, so there, I that is definitely a consideration. I don't think it's a non starter, um, and I think that. Again, I'm just going to emphasize: they want a player back, and they want, and if not an impact player, then significant draft compensation. And if not significant draft compensation, then they're not going to trade them. And so, you know, I laid out a list of guys um, in today's paper: Um, Jalen McDaniels from Charlotte. Uh, Oh, Matt signaling. He's got the list. I have
0: the list in front of me. We we let me sit down. Hold on. We can go through all of them, uh, and I'll tell you what I think. So. First one, Caleb Martin, one of the Martin twins from, I believe, Utah State. Hard pass. I'm not giving up Bones for Caleb Martin.
1: Uh, an, an impact small forward off the bench. Yeah, definitely now. And, and you
0: have just described a ceiling, which we already know Bones has a higher ceiling than that. Next up. Hold
1: on. This is the whole point. Th- you can conceivably add a
0: player who aids, who raises your ceiling this year. How much? How much better is he than, say, Christian Brown? Put put
1: multiple of those guys together, and then it's even more tantalizing. Give me multiple switchy wings. I like switchy wings. I,
0: I love switchy wings. But I, Caleb Martin,
1: uh, to quote Matt Shewitt, hard pass.
0: Hard pass. Next up, Alex Crusoe. Ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah, the accountant. I, that, I I thought it was the bald eagle. I, the accountant is uh, Aaron. You want to weigh in on this? Do you, do you do you know for sure? I prefer accountant. <laughs> That's our producer Aaron Taveras. Uh, I don't like bald jokes. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to two bald men here. That's um, fine. So we're going to go with the accountant. I like Alex Caruso. Um, he has won a championship. He did play a significant role on a championship team. Now, granted, it was in the bubble, but still, it counts.
1: Offensively limited, 5.4 points a game. What's he shoot from three? Uh, 40% on That's minimal good. attempts. Cool. But we've already kind of talked about you're going to conceivably get off of a creator in the second unit for a, a non-creator. I don't want to know what... Caleb Martin isn't creating anything for me. Uh, I mean, he's double the points, uh, decent three-point shooter, and, you know, is a good
0: rebounder. Sure, but Alex Caruso is a better defender. He actually is a pretty damn good rebounder as well. I think he's also
1: more expensive.
0: He is more expensive. You probably have to take on salary if you take mm. Alex Caruso. Mm. So, again, not my money. Next up, Najee Marshall. Yeah. From New Orleans. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I feel no, no thing. There. Okay. Well, but the thing that's interesting about Najee Marshall and and you know, I know for a fact that there have been discussions with New Orleans. It's not so much that Najee Marshall, the the player, could be coming back. It's the it's it's the. Um, the indication that that is who a target like the, the prototype of the type of guy that they want and there's another name um Kelly Eco from the Athletic reported today that the Nuggets had registered some level of interest in Jay Sean Tate which again th- i mean that's that the guy would be ideal um i know for a fact that the the Rockets are very unlikely to engage that cuz they view him as a, as a fixture of of their team moving forward um but again what who are we looking for are we we're looking for six five to six foot seven
0: stout switchy guys the michael Malone centerfold yes six 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 to six eight can defend on the perimeter and hit threes when they're open yeah three we, and d I believe is what they call that
1: right and and everyone you know was like every, you know i I just I heard a lot of I saw a lot of eye rolls when I initially reported that people wanted to the, the nuggets wanted two-way guys it's like I understand that these are coveted guys, but they're also you if you look hard enough, they're around the league. The, and there are guys who are undervalued or or, you know, playing on crappy teams that, you know, maybe you can find value and put them in a better situation. Malik look, Beasley. Sure. I mean Malik Beasley's definitely on the trading block and trading block and probably going somewhere. So um I do not see foresee a reunion with uh, <laughs> our, our guy Malik. Um but you know, I do like the exercise of going through these wings. And I think that again, I'm quick
0: fire. Your other ones real quick. Okay. Jalen McDaniels from Charlotte. We like brothers (laughs) Jalen and, uh, and Caleb. Yes. Another, another brother, uh, Aaron Nesmith, Naismith? Nesmith, Nesmith, Nesmith. Um, yeah, again, I, I am in no way aroused by that one. And, (laughs) <laughs> Darian Prince, Minnesota. Um, he's a nice player. Right. I mean,
1: yeah, it, it, it just fits the mold. It fits the money. Um, what about some other guys? And it fits the teams um, that, you know, Minnesota, obviously. Uh, other guys,
0: I think— Del- Minnesota because they like Bones.
1: Yeah, yes. I mean, obviously, Tim Connolly drafted him. Um, but um, DeLon Wright from Washington was a name— um, that you know you could entertain. How about Josh Hart? Josh Hart. Does that hit the? Uh, I'd be happy with Josh Hart. Yeah, but the problem I for, I don't know exactly what he's making. Um, it, I I, I want to say twelve million, but I might be wrong on that. You would need to stack salaries to get Josh Hart. So, um,
0: so so multiple guys going out of town on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, twelve nine. So that's what I thought. And and you know I I've, I've heard Josh Hart's name be bandied about. So. I mean that would be ideal but your luxury tax is jumping there um not our money. Noted. Thank you Matt for uh, it was unclear <laughs> whose money that was. So look, we need to we need to pivot because we've talked about the wings and you know I, obviously I stand by my reporting. I think that this is definitely, you know, the type of player that they're targeting, but I want to tweak the reporting that was in this morning's article, because I think that, you know, I, I think that we can shift a little bit and say, they're not just pigeonholing themselves into a, a six foot five, six foot seven, uh wing defender. I, you
0: know, I have heard that- You got to tease Michael Malone like that, talk about it, and then we're moving somewhere else. I mean-
1: it is incumbent on the front office to see how you can improve. And when we talk about the seven guys that are on the right side of the rotation in the postseason, you know what we're not talking about? We're not talking about front court guys. Like, to what level do we trust Zeke Najee? To what level do we trust Vlatko Chanchar and Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan? What's your collective level of trust in those guys on a scale of 10, Matt?
0: Well, Jeff Green's been new at NBA Finals. All right. I, I trust him a little
1: bit. Thirty-six years old, lost a ton of athleticism laterally. Can still jump out of the gym. Yeah, can't shoot a three for anything well, right now. Right
0: now, but he's he's been a good three-point shooter throughout his career.
1: Yeah. not really. He, I, he, I looked at it he, like the other day. He's really inconsistent.
0: Yes, inconsistent. But he, he, I mean, he hit a lot of big shots when the Cavs went to the finals a few years back. A lot of big shots, and I, I, I guess to me, a few years back. It's 2023.
1: Uh, listen, when did LeBron go to the Lakers? Was that five years ago? 2019, 2018, four years 20, ago?
0: 2019,
1: a few years back. A few years back, listen. when Jeff Green was young and spry. When you get to your 40s, it's all a few years back. Okay, I'm just I'm just pointing out what I'm pointing out.
0: Okay, so, okay, all well and good, but if you're bringing back another front court guy, one thing to consider is one. Nicole Jokic is probably going to play about 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. Yep. So you're not going to get him on the floor a ton if it's a backup big. Yep. Um, Two, uh, Aaron Gordon also probably going to play a ton of minutes. Right. In the postseason, So you're talking about those two guys right there probably are off the floor a combined, what, 15 minutes. Which can lose you a playoff series
1: in those 15 minutes. So all that being said, uh, in updating my reporting, um, I got two names for you, Matt Schuwer. Are you are you ready? Bated breath. You as you should be. Um the Nuggets have interest in bringing back Mason Plumlee. Oh! Mason! Mason Plumlee. He's handsome. He is having an awesome year in Charlotte. I think he's averaging like 10 and 8. Um I like his game. I mean, his you don't need much. Don't let him
0: shoot free throws. You don't need much. Don't let him foul somebody eighty feet from the. Don't
1: let don't let DeAndre Jordan shoot free throws either. Like, so listen, in what world? Obviously, if you are considering Mason Plumlee and and dealing with Charlotte, you are having the same questions that I have uh, about your front court. You know, coming off the bench in the postseason. To what degree do we trust all those guys that I just listed?
0: I, and I would say this. He actually can play with Nicola. I think we've seen it before, and it. We works. have,
1: we have. He's a smart player. Um, I know for a fact, uh, per somebody close to Mason, that he would be very excited about coming back.
0: Or he doesn't want to stay in Charlotte with uh, with Andre? Andre Lottery MJ.
1: I mean, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he want like he loved it here. Um, it was just a, a matter
0: of role. Um, so and coming back to even a lesser role than he had before,
1: but. I mean, this team is not where it was when he left. That's this team true. is on the on the verge. Um, so in some world, um, they are considering Mason Plumlee, uh from Charlotte. And I got another name for you. Are you ready, Matt? Throw it at me. No bated breath this time? I'm waiting. Zach Collins.
0: Oh, <laughs> From the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Zach Collins. Uh, once upon a time, the uh, Portland uh, soccer moms really loved that guy.
1: Uh, he made a lot of enemies during some of those uh Portland Denver playoff series. Yeah, I, you know, I just I remember him being somewhat of an instigator. Um, but look,
0: there's a great Aaron Antuvera's photo actually. Just a shout out to our producer here, of Zach Collins shouting. I believe I can't remember. I want to say, I want to say it was. Rivers shooting okay. a three. Yeah. And Collins yelling at him and looking like the guy from American Psycho. <laughs> well,
1: um, a seven foot, 25 year old center who can spell Nikola Jokic for 12 minutes a game. Um, if he helps bridge the gap between, you know, the Joker minutes and the non Joker minutes and, and, and lets you just stay afloat, um, he might be worthwhile. I don't care what you think of him. I don't care what Portland soccer moms think of him. I don't care what pictures we've taken of him. They,
0: they did love him.
1: Cool. If he can elevate your second unit and stabilize it and maybe give you some front court toughness that's younger than uh you know the tat- the tattoo on your shoulder, Jeff Green, um then you know, then they should consider it. So You know, when I'm talking about the wings, let's just not assume that they can upgrade the defensive. uh, They can upgrade defensively solely on the wing. They can also upgrade defensively in the front court, which is, I I, again, I think what they're considering um, in in this last 24 hours. Rim protection.
0: Some people like that. Cool. They they really haven't had that for a while. Right. Outside of maybe Aaron Gordon, I don't know who who else has been. Mason at one point was sort of that. Javale. You know, if The I, Ghost
1: of JaVale? Yeah, I never played. Uh
0: if if I was going to pick one of those two guys, I'd take Mason.
1: I think a lot of people would. Um and, you know, and you also can't ignore the idea that Malone trusts him. Wh- to, uh, how quickly would Malone trust Zach Collins? Would it take a while? He <laughs> yeah, at least know. they have a pre-existing relationship.
0: Well, he's getting some of the school of pop over there.
1: That's a good co- that's a good point. Right, so maybe Pop calls up Malone and says, "Hey, man, uh, you can work with this guy. I, I, I've, 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 worked him in. He's good. Yeah. Like, you know, you you can coach him hard." So, um, you know, th- that's that's the latest on the reporting front. Um, you know, some names, um, some targets, but again, think about it more broadly. What what do the names that I've said indicate? They need to get better and bigger and stronger defensively specifically off that bench and again to your earlier question i think you asked this they're not moving any of the core guys because you're not trading a core guy for a a, a, to improve the bench The, the the starting five is unbelievable and off the bench is where you have a little bit of question marks and honestly i mean at the at those margins that's what can determine a title so, uh, at that level.
0: Not at all worried that uh, you're going to lose Bruce Brown. You're just going to have to bite the bullet on Bruce Brown because he's suggesting? too valuable. What are you well, suggesting no, I, trading him? No, I'm not. I don't think you should. Okay. But, but I'm just saying that that isn't in the calculus. You're just saying we're going to bite the bullet on Bruce Brown because he's too important to what we're doing. Uh,
1: given that he's playing the backup one right now, right. yeah, he's real important.
0: Right. And if you're moving Bones Highland, your guard depth is. Almost nothing.
1: And or including an ish in that deal, right. then uh, then you really are gutting that, that point guard depth.
0: At, at that point, like you're hitting the waiver wire, right? You're looking for somebody who gets cut in a deal. Yeah, and that out- happens often right. after the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, yeah, You definitely keep an eye on the buyout market. And one thing to keep in mind, man, the Nuggets have a really good team to sell. You know, for, for veteran point guards who are looking for a role... <clears throat> What's up, John Wall? Um, <laughs> oh, John Wall, you want John Wall over here? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I yeah. think that there are talented players who might be available who are in not great, you know, not great um, circumstances or Russell situations. And not I mean, who knows? Would you bring Russ here if he
0: would help stabilize the bench? Oh, I in a, if he got cut and you're getting him for vet minimum, right. uh, yes, yeah. I would do that in a second. I think a lot of, and, and so. But again, this
1: this speaks to the the nuggets standing around the league. Like Joker is such an unbelievable unbelievably gifted player and unselfish player that team the guys want to play with him. Like words out. There's no more sugarcoating this. Like I remember talking to Austin Rivers on this podcast last year about it and I was like, "Do people know?" And he, you know, he hinted at it. He was like, "Yeah, guys kind of know, but like you look up and down the roster and guys are just having career years. You come here flex your skills, get paid, and win. In what world does an NBA player not want to do that and occasionally
0: come on our podcast? Speaking of guys that dudes want to play with, Kyrie Irving just got traded, asked out of a yet another destination he's been at. It's kind of a thing with Kyrie Irving. He's going to Dallas. It's going to be Luka and Kyrie. If you are the Denver Nuggets, is this part of your motivation to get your perimeter defense in order? Is that you think you might have to go up against that backcourt?
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, and Caruso would be awesome in that regard. I just it's, – it's fun to think about Caruso, KCP, and Bruce Brown, and AG together. That is a scary four. And, and put Christian Brown in there, and then you have five, like, I'm gonna use the phrase "dogs" because that's the the word that um, Bruce Brown used to describe that those type of guys um, and that bench lineup. So um, yeah, I mean, you think about it, you you see, you know, the ball handlers, but I, I'll I'll just say I've heard skepticism because both guys really need the ball in their hands in Kyrie and Luca.
0: Yeah, but you know, so did LeBron James, and it worked out pretty well with Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, but LeBron is also I know I mean ironic we're about to call him pass first. Uh, given what he did last night, but he he you know would rather make the right basketball play than be selfish. Whereas Kyrie needs to dance a little bit, and you know I just we we haven't really seen um, Luca with that a talent like that in in the backcourt. We saw it with Porzingis and it kind of worked, kind of didn't work. They obviously, went, mm-hmm. to a degree, but he he was like, nah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go to New York. Yeah. Um yes, so like clearly that you know, maybe he wasn't as intrigued or whatever. Um, but yeah, they became more formidable, but I, don't, I still I really think the teams that the that the Nuggets are eyeing are, you know, the New Orleanses and the Memphises of the world because they have the draft capital to go and really shake this up with with a big trade, um cough cough Toronto.
0: Golden State, you don't think is is in the back of their minds that that they might Steph's, have to
1: go to them? Nah, man, Steph's out for a while. Yeah, at least two, three weeks. Uh, I think maybe longer than that. I mean, when I, I it's always funny. Steve Kerr goes, "This guy's not out for the season." Well, when you invoke that time frame, <laughs> uh, it gets a little scary. You know, I'm like, mm, two, three weeks. Is that what we're talking? We're we talking two or three months. And at what point do they just go into the cellar? You know? Well, they.
0: If if you're talking about how Memphis or or uh, New Orleans has young guys to be able to send away and get something back, Golden State has that too. They've got a, a few guys that could bring back veterans. It's a are,
1: great point, but how, but they're also in like the sweet spot of transitioning from their Golden Era to the Kamingas and the Moody's and the Wiseman era. Like they're if
0: I'm them, personally, yeah. Steph Curry only comes around once in your lifetime and you better capitalize on Steph Curry as long as you can.
1: Just to clarify is this your money or is this not your money? Not my money.
0: Oh. Noted. Okay. You don't agree with that? You don't you don't think that that's that holds water?
1: No, I don't because um because I think that there's already somewhat writing on the wall with them. They paid Jordan Poole. They paid um, Andrew Wiggins. They didn't pay Draymond.
0: He's going to be gone soon.
1: Yeah, he's going to be gone. So, like, he they also punched a guy, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, there's that. So like, I, I just think that there's already going to be some financial maneuvering um, that could conceivably save them money. So I don't think that they need to blow it up, blow up the foundation because
0: it's... Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that you... you, you and I don't consider Kaminga the foundation. I consider Kaminga a a way to say like, "Hey, Bradley Beale, you want to come over here?" You know, one of those co- sort of guys.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't punt on that either. I would I would let it ride with with you know Steph and Clay, and I think Kaminga's going to be really really good. Uh, Wiseman books kind of out on him, but like I don't think, especially when Steph's hurt and you're not really like you're going about to blow up the foundation and I'm including Kaminga in the foundation, go get Bradley Beal when we don't
0: know when Steph's coming back. I'm not into that. Fair enough. My money. Yeah, all right. So um, speaking of other teams, uh, LeBron James, he just broke the scoring record last night. Have you seen the pictures of that, by the way? Seen them. Unbelievable. You're witnessing history, and the only thing you can think to do is hold up your cell phone and look at it through your cell phone screen.
1: I think we already had one 40-year-old reference from Matt. Now we have
0: two. <laughs> I listen, if you look at the picture, if you look at the picture, Phil Knight is sitting in the front row. What's Phil Knight doing? Billionaire Phil Knight. He's watching.
1: He's he pay, soaking he, in the history. He paid someone to take his cell
0: phone and take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Knight's got a picture. Don't worry. Oh, everybody's got a picture. That's the point, though. This is so well documented. What are you getting from that, other than like, oh, this was where I saw it from my seat, but I didn't really see it from my seat because, by the way, I was looking through my phone.
1: I hope somebody called somebody just at the moment they were trying to take a, a <laughs> video of it and just blew it all up for them. You know, hundred fifty thousand dollars seats out down the drain. Um, yeah, an, an unbelievable moment. Uh, it's it's always really really cool when you know you kind of s- you see the the NBA players and you see the Nuggets pull back the curtain on these moments. I was actually in the locker room last night and they put um the Lakers Thunder game on the main screen and I'm sitting there watching LeBron pass Kareem along with Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan and Jack White.
0: What was their uh Reaction to it,
1: uh, Aaron Gordon like sits back in his chair. He goes, "That's sick.
0: That's <laughs> sick."
1: And then other guys are like, you know, chiding them for stopping the game with ten seconds left in the third quarter, which yeah, was cares? hilarious. Um, and I saw some point that I thought was very valid, like like people are coming at them for stopping the game, and yet, why are you watching the game in the first place? <laughs> this is why you're watching the game. Nobody wants to just move on with the moment you know immediately that's the reason you're watching it although pretty sweet that the thunder caught that dub <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that was good i i read somewhere uh, and obviously this didn't happen that lebron was practicing skyhooks
1: oh there were videos of him practicing skyhooks he, wouldn't that have been cool if he broke it with a skyhook to a degree it would have been cool but i liked that he did it. i i, I liked that he didn't like force it you know he yeah. he actually played efficiently he just fell back from the free throw line kenrich williams oof Forever, immortalized. Forever. I mean, you know. That
0: haircut, you deserve it.
1: Is what, Is what it is. Um, And uh, it was a really, really cool moment. Uh, Joker, you know, after the game, he comes to the podium in his, like, you know, I don't know what type of fashionable jacket and cabbie hat. Oh, and, that hat. Oh, my. He is. He's definitely. I. I, I Rumor has it he's going to be on the cover of GQ next month. <laughs> um, you know he's talking about uh, LeBron as as an icon and as a um, as a role model for how you lead you know a franchise and the consistency that you approach each day with. And he's just talking about he says, man, LeBron didn't have a prime. His prime lasted twenty years, which I just thought was such a you know poignant way and and clever and articulate way for Joker to put it. Like the dude is a freak and um somebody goes uh joker would you consider playing that long and he cut the question off at the pass he goes no <laughs> hard no no ifs ands or buts i'm not sticking around this long when i leave i'm out he didn't say this i'm assuming that he's definitely
0: gone i was gonna say uh one way we could elongate joker's prime give him the skyhook i bet you he could shoot a Darn good skyhook. If you there's no to. doubt he could,
1: but any mechanism to elongate his career, he's probably not into. He's like, <laughs> let me do my thing and let me get the hell out of here <laughs> for however long that lasts. Fair enough. Fair I enough. don't. I don't want to enhance my game. Uh, you know, obviously I'm being facetious, but he doesn't need to. He his game is already going to age better than any superstars in the
0: league. Well, except for maybe LeBron James. I guess so. I mean, that that's you just fair. said it. Twenty years. Yeah. You're right,
1: you're right. The fair. <laughs> uh, I and what's funny is I asked Malone after the game because Malone was talking about how you know in Cleveland he was an assistant coach there and he had a uh, a courtside seat uh, for LeBron when he's doing all this crazy stuff at his first stint with the Cavs. And I said, you know, do you go back into the locker room and you say pinch yourself and say we get to watch Joker first half triple double, eighteen minutes is all it takes. And he goes, yeah, you know. LeBron did it with athleticism, and Joker did it with unathleticism, <laughs> uh, but still just as effective. So, like, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I just love about the NBA is the way you can impact a game regardless of, I mean, are you one of the most gifted athletes of all time, or are you just one of the smartest basketball players of all time? And, or, and they're mean, not mutually exclusive either.
0: Not, not to short shrift Nicole Jokic. She's maybe one of the most skilled players in the NBA. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that like, cause just the, the level of skill Yeah, takes over the fact that his athleticism is not Shaquille O'Neal in his prime.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really cool night. It was a really cool moment. It's awesome being there. It's um, being in the locker room. I mean like I'm, I, I'm pulling the game up on my phone. Some of the guys are watching the game on their phone and like some of the, the team staffers are like, let's just put this on this big screen so we can all watch it. Um, There have definitely been, other games where I've pulled up NBA games on my phone and I'll have players huddled around me watching the games. That's always a that's always a unique one.
0: Makes you feel good. They're, they're also fans. They're also into it. They are also, also fans. Um, so I want to circle back. You you mentioned last night's game. Um, what a performance. Yeah. That first half was just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned already Nicole Jokic had a triple-double at halftime um and they basically ran the Timberwolves off the floor by the end of the first quarter
1: 49 points um I think MPJ had the exact same amount of points as the Timberwolves did 19 to 19 not bad 16 assists in the first quarter they end up with an NBA high 44 assists for the entire game I mean that was they they smoked them. That was not even a competition. There was some level of guys were upset at how the Sunday game went when they, you know, were down four starters and got pummeled themselves. Cool. You want to see us at full strength? We'll give you full strength nuggets. Um, Joker went crazy. AG, I think had, he had a really good night, eight assists, 24 points, eight assists. Um, And I mean, we, I, I, you know, sometimes I don't know what to say about Joker. So I'm just not going to go down that road, but I do want to talk about Michael Porter, his, his offensive efficiency and his athleticism and his physicality and his willingness to drive downhill and trust his body. It's better than I've ever seen it. And, um, isn't, wasn't this the dream? Wasn't this the idea that why we pay and like, I think everyone rolled their eyes in preseason when they said, I, I want to play on back-to-backs. I don't want to miss games. I don't care that I've had three back surgeries. I feel good. I think everyone kind of rolled their eyes a little. I, I, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I'm just going to speak for myself. I, I was did. skeptical. I did. Yeah. And he, and I
0: still feel that way, to be honest.
1: That That's fine. But he had a heel injury that kept him out 14 games, which you know was, was definitely a setback. But physically, he looks really good. Yeah. And props to Porter for... He's got a lot going on off the court right now and somehow he is compartmentalizing it and playing really really good basketball. Team basketball playing within himself has totally committed and bought in. Like every everybody is in on this version of Michael Porter. I'm talking Michael Malone, I'm talking the front office, I'm talking his teammates. Everyone is down for this version because this version puts you on the doorstep of a championship.
0: Just getting to the finish line is all I'm saying. That the- maybe take a few back-to-backs off because we want to make sure that MPJ is ready to go in April and May.
1: Cool. But it's also telling. He wanted to play on that second night of a back-to-back in Minnesota. I'm good enough. I'm healthy enough. My body is durable enough. Uh, and I feel good enough. I mean, Jamal, Jamal was the one who's missed two straight games. Um, the sec- the first one was the back-to-back and this past one, a Tuesday night was because of right knee inflammation, a little concerning you know, overcompensation after you've, you know, you've had your, your left ACL surgically repaired. And now you're putting a lot of stress on your right and now it inflames. So they're going to be very careful with Jamal. Um, and I think, and I mean, I, last I checked, they had like a four and a half game lead in the West over Memphis. There's a buffer. You can afford to rest your guys and make sure that they're good. Um, that's what you've afforded yourself with a ridiculous, I think 26 and five home record or something like that.
0: All right, well, I think we've touched on pretty much everything we wanted to touch on. Uh, I do want to mention, go to iTunes, rate us five stars, lie with your stars, tell the truth with your review. That's all we ask. I got one here that I'm going to read real quick. This is from DHS94 on January 23rd. Department of Homeland Security weighing in. Yes. Five stars, so already off to the, a good start. Respect. <laughs>
1: Love our government.
0: The, the, t- the title is Humans Under the Jerseys. Loving these interviews where we are discovering more about the players as human beings beyond their performances on the court. Clear that Mike has a great l- relationship with the players. Keep it up. P.S. Honestly, could take or leave it when it comes to Matt. Replacement level player, not part of the core. <laughs> that is how you do it, right there. Is that is Matt on the trading block? I, what
1: are you getting? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You're, you might get a, a, you might get a twenty thirty three second round second pick. rounder. Yeah, maybe uh, pick if, swap if you're lucky. You're getting a
0: pick swap. Second out of that? round pick swap. <laughs> We've got other reviews, but we don't have time. Uh, please go to iTunes, review us, uh, five stars, and then again, like I said, tell the truth with the review. We can take it,
1: and and in that vein, to that commenter's um, point, we have a really really exciting uh, interview coming up. Um, I don't want to say who it is, but you talk about pulling the curtain back and learning about a person and a player. Um, I cannot wait to share this one. Uh, you know, we didn't wanna we didn't wanna publish it this in these coming days with the trade deadline and kind of you know muddy the waters there but it's coming and um i'm just going to tease it like that it is it is really really insightful and raw
0: all right so you have that to look forward to mike singer thanks for joining us dogs uh behaved I think this could be a good thing. turn around